This is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. I would just like to do this first and foremost. Um, round of applause to the NFL, man. Round of In fact, I'm going to stand up. I'm standing up. Uh, round of applause. That is how you put on a weekend of football. Good Christ. What a weekend of football displayed by the NFL. Um, one of the uh, the best that I can recall. I don't actually have my uh, divisional weekends all time stacked or ranked uh, offhand, but uh, that's maybe one of the best weekends of football I can recall ever seeing can top to bottom. I give you a stat that I believe holds up to it. It's It wouldn't be far-fetched to call it the greatest divisional round weekend ever. Yes. I believe going into last night's game, the lowest amount of point differential was like 18 points. We were at nine, given how every game ended on the final play uh, <laughs> and a field goal, it seemed like, in most cases. And so given the differential in that game, it puts it underneath that number. So you could have said, and it was, this wouldn't be hyperbole, this was the greatest divisional round in NFL history ever. And last night's game... You know, it reminded you of Kansas City, New England, but it had that sort of feel to it. But obviously new faces with the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen being a part of it. But I would not be upset at anyone if they said that is the greatest divisional round weekend I've ever seen in my life. And that might have been, you could say, the greatest game we've ever seen with Kansas City and Buffalo the way that finished. I mean, three lead changes and a tie <laughs> in the final two minutes. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> passed for over 200 yards after the final two-minute mark. I, I was I was sitting there looking at the screen thinking, all right, I mean, you know, some of us had some wagers out there. Maybe I get to Kansas City. And I'm, I'm thinking 13 seconds, there's no way. There's no chance. No, and especially the way Butker kicked in that game. He missed a PAT. He missed a field goal. Like, I mean, it was a lot of pressure in that moment. Not only on, on Mahomes and doing what they were able to do, and Kelsey put him in position, but even Butker just to deliver. So I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I think this will stand the test of time. I don't think we'll ever see another divisional round matchup like what we saw between all those teams in the next three decades. Like this, It will take a long time to equate to what we were able to experience this past weekend. After last weekend, I mean, you, you saw that it didn't look like there was a whole lot of parity. And then you get into this weekend, and <laughs> the tables totally turned. I, you know, these were, I'll say it from the, the loser side of it, these were the most impressive losers that I can say I've seen. Uh, you you lose games, and it's like, I, it's, it's such a disappointment when you have a season that takes so long to develop. They added a game this year. And and now you're here and the stakes go up so high and you know like that upon losing a game, it's like, man, you got to go through this process all over again. And teams came up short. But looking at the way that they played, it's hard to look at these teams and say even in a loss, they lost. I mean, but they did. They did lose. And 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 then now it it becomes you know a lot of questions have to be answered for for these teams that that went out but so competitive and 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 it's one of those things like even with Brady and 
you know him him going down the way that he went down. It's, it's you're you're I mean, asking yourself, you know, what? Brady though, right? Yes, twenty seven to three. I thought he was going to pull it when when they came storming back because it was not oh, competitive fumble. at first, right? And no. exactly the Rams, the Rams gave them a lot of opportunities. Um, with, well, the with refs the gave uh, the Rams a lot of opportunities. Well, that's that's fair. That's fair too. Um, but but you know, he still brought them back. It's like his old ass still <laughs> brought them back, <laughs> and, and, and went I, right I, at Ramsey too on that touchdown. And went Adam. right at him, right <laughs> over top of him. And and so to me, it, it, I know there's going to be a lot of questions as to how they that that team comes back because they were able to keep everybody together this year, and seemingly it looked like they might be able to to cash in on it. I mean, they were close. Um, but man, you know, it's it's. I think that there's going to be this. The, I mean, <laughs> these are the games where names are made. Like you, you think about, like legend, like even with the Buffalo Bills not winning a Super Bowl, we know everybody on their teams. Yeah, you know, and and I think that this was that type of a weekend where you're starting to see almost like an emergence of what the NFL is going to look like moving forward. At least, hopefully, that's what it looks like. Um, what did you guys make of the decision by Buffalo not to squib it with uh, the 13 seconds that, left? That lost them the game. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. That lost them the game. And, it, I mean, I, I just I feel like that's a decision that, you, you know, you might risk saying we don't want it. Like, what happens if an up guy catches it? Yeah. And, and all of a sudden now it only takes one play and they've got those timeouts to put them in a position to kick a field goal. Like, I understand the concern there. Um, or, or even, you know, depending on how hard you'd go about trying to squib it, what if the ball goes out of bounds? And now you don't accomplish either. You give them better field position, you know, and, and the ball ends up rolling out of bounds and you end up taking the penalty. Now, you know, I, I think you could ask your kicker to say, squib it in a portion of, a field, of, of the field where it's not going to go out of bounds and it's going to force them to return it. But that, to me, was the one decision where if you looked at that game – and the play calling of Brian Dable, for example, down the stretch, or Leslie Frazier, I think the d- job he did, by and large, like I think if you're comparing the two defenses, it seemed like Kansas City had to work to be able to get some of those scores. There was some deception. They had to bring out like their whole bag of tricks in order to make plays. There were dudes just running wide open <laughs> when you went on the Kansas City defense. Like Gabriel Davis, on, on at least two of those touchdowns, I'm going, someone had to trip, but even then – why is there not a safety involved? Why is there not even anyone remotely in, in the picture right now? These guys are way too wide open uh, when you're talking about going up against a guy like Josh Allen, like he's not going to find him. So I, I think by and large, you would have said the Buffalo Bills outcoached the Chiefs up until that moment. And in that moment, you look at the decision not to squib it, and they just kick. I mean, you didn't even give them a chance to maybe return it. Where, you know, yeah, they can make a fair catch, but you could have done it like a mortar kick where you kick it up high with air and, and maybe they still decide to fair catch it. But again, depending on where the ball lands, it, it could have given you maybe, a, you know, additional length that they had to go to to get down the field and get a field goal. So it was just it was a it was a dumb decision. But at the end of the day, I, I can understand some of the risks that are involved with it. 
Uh, it was uh, 25 points they scored in, what, the final uh, 1 minute 54 seconds, I think was the total in that game. So t- I just – like, could you – like for, for the people out there that actually – like, we talk about just the betting aspect of all this stuff because it's important and it's now, you know, a part of the game. But what if you, like, make a living betting on football? And and on either side of that, you had Chiefs or Bills on the money line. Either side of that. That, that is That's a tough. just a That's terif- tough, terrifying That's way to make a living. That's why you take the over, and that was the easiest bet in that entire game. I so. mean, yeah, that yeah. was just uh, – that was awful. But you didn't take the over, did you? No, I did not. No, I took uh, – I like Kansas City. I took Kansas City minus the point and a half, and I was very, uh, very thankful they did not squib it. Because the idea behind the squib would be what? There would be, what, nine, ten seconds left uh, based yeah. on where they were at? So, so, you'd have, so you'd have two plays. That's the idea behind it. Is you you could take off probably four, if not five seconds, depending on you know what ends up happening. Uh, that, that thing you know that thing starts bouncing around. That oblong shaped ball. It's like a bar of wet soap out there. You know, you be, guys, guys guys become more careful picking it up and sure bending do. over to get it. Bending you know over to get like, it. Yeah, you got to be careful. They're of like, that. Oh, yeah. all right, should I get it? Should yeah. someone else pick this yeah. up? I don't know if I should yeah. bend so, down and get it. I don't yeah. know. Focus. Let's wait to see who is going to take that turn in the conversation. Uh, Very what? job well done for the face of Big Noon kickoff, folks. There he is, everybody. <laughs> Class act. I'm trying to make sure people realize. <laughs> <laughs> that with the with the Class temperature act. and the conditions, you know, oh, that, that ball is being slick. <laughs> that was an easy delivery. I enjoyed it. Uh, by the way, I, definitely I, I, I was watching that game last night, thinking to myself, "Man, I wish Buffalo was in the NFC." Like, can you imagine getting that in the Super Bowl? I just like I don't know if you're Buffalo and you're seeing what has happened the last two times that you've played them in the postseason. Is this is to to your point? Is this similar to New England, Kansas City, and Kansas City? Uh, thing? And we just you're can't about get to get round two. I mean, it's just. Uh, hey, Listen here, Cincinnati is for real. <laughs> Hold on, they're, they're for real. Come on, Lavar, give us two. Come on, Lavar. Come on, hey, hey, Cincinnati, <laughs> Cincinnati, they're for real. And let me tell you something. Can I pull you guys something real quick, though? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I say pull assassin time, but I, I'm going to yes. pull you guys about this. If Buffalo wins, the coin toss gets the ball. Is the mm. is, is the Buffalo Bills going to the AFC Championship game? Oh God, I think so. I think so. Yeah, probably. That's. I mean, that's how I felt too. And I was thinking, here we go. We're gonna get that discussion about the overtime rules and should they be changed and how do you go about changing them? I just, I don't. I mean, and and there's two there's two rebuttals to those who are thinking that right now. One, just squib kick it like you should have, and maybe with 13 seconds you can get a stop and you don't allow them to kick a field goal like that. Like end it in regulation when you had the lead. And the other is. Again, you've got a team that just drove down the field against you for a touchdown. Not a field goal, like a touchdown. And, the, yeah, the defense seemed gassed, and maybe you're saying, well, especially the way the last two minutes went, Buffalo's offense would have liked a rebuttal, would have liked another chance. That's not how the rules are. And so you've got to figure out a way of getting your stops when you're out there. I, just, I don't have as much of a problem with it. I do think, though, that it, it, does, it, it did remind me of thinking, okay, if this is – Going back to the Kansas City New England game, that AFC Championship, yeah. New England won the toss. They go down, drive down, and win, and you know, score and win. If it was Kansas City, I thought they would have went. I feel the same exact way right now. If Buffalo wins that toss, they get the ball, they drive down the field, win. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals, and obviously that's not the case. That's rough. Man. If Devin Hester and Tariq Hill were to race, who do you think would win? <laughs> Tariq That's Hill. what yeah, that Tariq crossed Hill. my mind. That crossed my mind. I don't know. Y'all saying that so easily. <laughs> I don't that that was crossing when he ran by ran by the dude and put the deuces up and wasn't in front of him yet. <laughs> 
<laughs> he wasn't even in front of the guy yet right. and put his deuces up. I, I, I might put Miko Hardman and Tyreek Hill next to each other after his touchdown. The a, way he well, burst. A, I was like, what? Hey, LeVar, LeVar, uh, what a Daryl Green, Tyreek Hill, who you got? No, he's picking Daryl Green. I, I mean, in their primes, it's yeah. hard for me to go against anybody but D Green, man. In their primes. <laughs> yeah. I heard, I heard D Green used to beat. cheat. In those forty-yard dashes, like he would like try to like like hit the guys that are running, like he run real close to him and like old school hit him while they're running. <laughs> That's the I move. seen he him like race. I move. seen him race champ in his forties, and and basically almost beat him. I mean, he's just you know what it is. Is his lower body is so strong, and he doesn't have any upper body. I mean, his upper body is puny. But his lower body is is super like you. You see him, you're like, man, he's built to run. Like he, that's the, he's just one of those guys. He's just built to run. It was so. it was pretty funny though, Tyreek Hill. I was I was watching the play going. God, he might score, and then he throws he the deuces, put his deuces up. up. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess he's going to score. All right, there we go. Uh, but they, yeah, they need was... to bring them races back, man. <laughs> I would love to see some of these guys race. Uh, honest to goodness, yeah. these guys fast, yeah, uh, different it, type of fast. Just uh, just awesome. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So the uh, L.A. Rams get it done, man, and it was smooth. Man, just easy breezy. Uh, just go right into Tampa Bay, uh, hold on to a lead, and everything is good. Uh, oops. Uh, four turnovers for the L.A. Rams, who seemed like they were trying everything they possibly could to give that game away. I, I don't know. Sabotage. Uh, just uh, unbelievable, man. The fumbles, uh, you know, the, the snap over the head. Um, they were the better team, by and large, the entire day. And still, we're sitting there tied. And, and I don't know what the coverage responsibility was. I leave that to you guys on the X's and O's stuff, because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But uh, that seems to me like uh, not an ideal uh, moment for a secondary when Cooper Cup gets that wide open in that spot. Rough, rough, rough patch there for those guys. Yeah, and, and another instance where you're kind of wondering, like, what the hell happened there? Um, but it is Cooper Cup. He's been the best wide receiver in the NFL this season. Um, that's backed up by stats. That's, that's not even an opinion. I, I think what you saw was exactly what Rams fans have, have seen at times this year, and they were able to put it together for about three quarters. But it almost – this is another game, 27 27- – to three and you're going there's no way you can come back from this right I mean and Chris Collinsworth said this early in the yep. game <laughs> he, he was kind of teasing and hinting at that like don't don't turn the channel don't walk away we've seen this story before and sure enough Tom Brady is able to help bring them back and it's I, I think the tougher question but in this game because obviously the Rams are moving on and we're gonna have all week to talk about the Rams and their matchup in the NFC championship game but my question more surrounds the Bucks and whether or not this is indeed Tom Brady's last season. I've heard two things from very, I'll just call it reliable sources. The first was that there was a lot of people who came in town for this game who normally don't come in town. And they, you could get a sense from some of the people around the Tampa Bay organization that this indeed might be it. And I, I don't know that Tom is the type of guy that wants the goodbye tour you know, that wants to go to everywhere next year and, and, and kind of have all the players come up to him and, and say goodbye. I don't know that he cares and wants that. But I, I did hear there was a bunch of people in that suite who aren't normally there, and there was a reason behind that. That was one side of things. But I also heard he's conflicted because he has made the commitment to the team. 
that he is going to play again next year. And that matters to him. He's a man of his word. He doesn't want to have something on the books contractually and then say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be here for you guys. You know his head coach is going to be there. Bruce Arians has already come out and said he's going to be there next year. So I think there's that element of it too where maybe they try to give it one last go. But as we touched on in the first segment, it's something that you've got to wonder. It was easy to sell everyone when they said, you know, run it back, right? That was their, their motto after the, the Super Bowl. It's easy to sell guys on that saying run it back after you win. Let's go win two in a row. You didn't now. You didn't even get to the NFC Championship game. That might be a little bit harder where guys feel like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if we've got, you know, the, the formula, the right pieces. I'd rather go try to get my last biggest payday instead of taking less in order to have a chance to win another one. And, and maybe I'm wrong in that. Maybe they say, I want to stay with Tom Brady for another year. That's a rare opportunity to be able to do that. Maybe a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do that as a player. But I do wonder how that factors in. Losing and not making it to the NFC Championship game versus that pitch after you win a Super Bowl. It may be, it may be dictated by what the Rams do. If the Rams end up winning it, then you can look at it and say, you know what, we lost to the eventual champ. And there's no shame in that. Let's, let's get back to work and, and let's see what we can get done. I, I agree with you on the aspect of you have to ask yourself the question, if you've positioned yourself to give yourself a, a contractual opportunity that, that sets you up much better than what you already are, do you pass that up? Do you pass that up for what, what has been sold with the run it back uh, scenario? Some of these guys, I think they will. I mean, that you know, but some of them you just don't know. The culture of it says that more often than not, guys might end up on a team that isn't even that good just to get that, that payday and get that paycheck. And there are a few guys that are, are good enough to go get those type of paychecks elsewhere. So I think that's going to be a challenge for them. I think they were able to do it last year under obvious – well, I won't even say last year was obvious, to be honest. I, I think that that Tom is is a great sell to get guys to stay around. But that that's improbable. I think that was the first time that's ever happened in, in modern-day National Football League uh, history. So to say that, that that would happen again this year and to, to honestly ask yourself, what additions do you have to make? And can you make those additions um, – with the current roster in place and the current uh the current structure of what what the the salary cap represents for them I mean, I'll be honest with you. If he walks away now, I'm going to be pissed off. Had he done it a couple of years ago, <laughs> I swear to God, had he done it a couple of years ago after New England, I would have been like, you know what? I get it. It, it seems like getting a little bit older, starting to show his age. Why would you walk away now? I get he's 44. I understand, you know, he's accomplished everything he wants to accomplish. But at the level he's playing at, can you – That's can all. You, uh, just keep playing. You know, you've done everything see, you can do. Just, but just why, keep playing. Why walk, if you can still do it, why would you walk away? And if he's still doing it at a high level, why walk away now? Like how many quarterbacks in the NFL and, – and, and factor – you know, forget about age. But how many quarterbacks in the NFL – are you taking to win a game right now over Tom Brady? Is it is it more than two or three? No. If that, no. So why would you walk away? I mean, like, two, two of them, two of them were playing last night's game. Yeah, that's game. a good point. I, I, after <laughs> after that, I'm not sure there's anyone. I, like I, even I, you throw Aaron Rodgers into the conversation, but I, I think even some people would push back, considering you know his postseason you know record and career and how it's gone. Where 
it just seems like for you know a guy like Patrick Mahomes or guys like Tom Brady, they, they find a way to bring their team back. They find a way to get the job done almost every time. This this being that exception, uh, I just I look at it and I go, man. He, I know he wants to play till forty five. That was his target age. He turns forty five in August. I, I I want nothing more than to see him go out there at his target age, continue to have an amazing season, and then if he walks after that, it's all good. But I, I just I don't know. What, man. what? what it, are you going to bring yourself into the conversation? Because at some point, you know, what if they hit their ceiling? You know. it, and, and that could be true. Yeah. Like that, that's 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 a question that I think a lot of players are probably asking themselves, that, you know. And Tom knows better than anyone else how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. And I mean, what they say, this is the first time. Well, this is the second time in the last decade he hasn't made it to the championship game. Is that right? Uh, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> which is just absurd. Yeah. I mean, think, <laughs> think about like I mean, honestly, like. I was on one team that made it to the playoffs. One team. One team over the span of you know, seven, eight years. I mean, me too. LeVar, think about right that for a second, though. You like, saw my text message yesterday. Like, I have no yeah. right to talk about any winners because no, I have I'm, not won in the saying, league. Think about how ridiculous it is. It's, it's not even a matter of if he gets to the playoffs. It's a matter of... Oh, so are you going to a Super Bowl or not? Because over the past decade, he pretty much goes to a Super Bowl every year. It's just whether or not he wins one. It's it's absolutely absurd. Like when I was looking at that stat, thinking, "My God, like how lucky are all the players that have played with him?" Where you just you look around the locker room and you just go, "Okay, let's get to work. We're working for a Super Bowl." You can when when every team says that as a goal at the beginning of the season, you, you you're kind of sitting there thinking, "Yeah, but do we have a really chance of winning a Super Bowl?" And then, like Tom Brady walks in, you go, "Oh yeah, no, we're good, we're good. Like we're we're at least going to be in the conference championship game." Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, that, then, those those uh, those gassers and those that bench press that hits a little different when like Tom Brady's your quarterback and you're like, "What am I doing this?" Oh yeah, it's it's because I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Super Bowl at some point here. I mean, he's had three Hall of Fame careers. His twenties, thirties, and forties all are enough to go to the Hall of Fame. If you just right. took those individually. But, all enough. You're still not answering my question. Because at what? some point, Giselle and the family comes into play. I, I know. Um, and, and also, if he walks away now, isn't that sort of an indictment on where the team is at or where they're headed? Because do you think he walks away if he feels like this team's got you know a real opportunity? Or, or to LeVar's point, this team, had they hit their ceiling, does he walk away if he doesn't believe that? Well, I don't I think, think that that's, that's the case. why you got to bring Giselle into the conversation, though. Because if, you know, they may enjoy it. You know I, know, I know there's the whole idea of being away from your family and different things like that. But I'll tell you what, the the treatment and the amenities that come with being a franchise player are pretty freaking phenomenal. I mean, it is pre- – I, th- I don't know that there's ever been a time in, in, in our lives, like my married life, where the treatment in the city – and the stadium, game days, you know, everything, you know, the amount of, of help and, and, and love that you receive from, from your community, from the team, from the fan base, I don't know that it, it can ever be matched. And, and I, you know, she's a celebrity herself. Now, if they're tired of just being – because that's a next-level fame. If they're just tired of being in that limelight and they're tired of dealing with everything that goes along with, because it is also a process, you know, that, that entire going into game day for a family is an entire process, especially 
because of, you know, how school works and different things like that. So, you know, I think that it's a valid question that has to be asked, you know, at what point does does Tom look at her and what point does Giselle look at him? And they say, you know, it's about time for us to, to handle what we need to do you know, with the next generation of Brady's that are coming through. I'll tell you what I don't want to see, because he's played so long, and to your point, Jonas, he's had three Hall of Fame careers. I, I don't want him to keep playing, to your, your like earlier point of, but well, he could still do it. I don't want him to keep playing until, like, the wheels fall off. You know like, what I'm saying? Where you're like, retire. Please all of a sudden, retire. there's, like there's a younger generation <laughs> that looks at him, and they're like, man, Tom Brady stunk. And you're like, you, you shut your mouth, kid. You <laughs> yeah. shut your mouth, like, all right? Like we'll, never see, we'll never see a quarterback like that. Yeah, well, kind of painting towards him. We're like, what do you mean? Peyton can't throw the football. You're like, you shut your mouth, kid. I'll, I will whoop you right now in public yeah. if you say those words again. Like, I don't want it to get to that point, and I do think <laughs> – I think there's the potential where the way he takes care of himself, everything else. But I, I, I would just, I would weigh, you know, the older he gets, there's a lot of th- things that factor into it. But I'd rather see him, if you wanted to call it a career now, than if he comes back next season and gets hurt or has an injury or, you know, can't be healthy for the entire season. You look at the way like Peyton was in his final season, Drew Brees was. You start to factor in some of those players and guys and you go, Man, there's no doubt they're first ballot Hall of Famers. There's no doubt. But then you get to this point where you go, but it, it didn't end the way you'd hoped, right? It, you didn't end on that high note, like that John Elway send-off where everyone just remembers him doing the helicopter. On the field, not off the field, Jonas. I know yeah, you got well, a little I was excited. Say, yeah, that's, that's a bummer. I mean, way, way, way to ruin my morning. You know, I was trying to, saying. you know, yeah, way to ruin my morning. Oh, here. Like no. a Brett Favre yeah, yeah, just, just, that's a I good wonder point. if he tried to reenact it in another place. That's you know? a, <laughs> okay, that's a, yeah, that's a very, uh, very good point there. Uh-huh. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup. Sit, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tip of a cap to uh, to you guys, uh, Lavar Arrington and Brady Quinn. Um, I didn't see it. Maybe I had blinders on. Uh, I uh, just couldn't wrap my mind around the idea of the 49ers actually being a real threat on the road against the number one seed in the NFC uh, and the team that's been the best team in football uh, seemingly all season long. Uh, and you guys were, were right. I stand corrected. Apparently the 49ers are a threat. And, uh, and what we saw on Saturday night was high drama entertaining as hell in the elements. Uh, I thought it was fantastic football to get to watch. Low scoring, I don't care. That was old school, fantastic football to get to watch. And what Kyle Shanahan and that offense did and put on display, that was a lot of fun. I loved it. I I, I thought even the elements too, right? Like they made it kind of special with the snow and the temperature, everything else. Like it it was cool. It was cool. Uh, Listen, when when you talk about a game, of of this magnitude and this caliber 
Kyle Shanahan knew one thing, and, and that one thing that he needed to execute was making sure that you limited Aaron Rodgers in his opportunities and to win up front against them when he was on the field. And it, it wasn't pretty, but it was. Like, it, it was ugly, but yet pretty all at the same time because the way they matched up and the way they game-planned, I mean, that 49ers coaching staff is in a game-planning zone. It, it, I mean, it was just a perfectly executed game plan to win the game. That That's ensuring that you have an opportunity to win the game. That isn't just winning the game. That's ensuring that you're giving your team the best opportunity to win the game. You know, the thing I love about him, and it, it, it's always something that's overlooked, and we've talked about this before, like it's harder for the people listening at home, it is harder to be able to diagram and draw up and practice and execute in a game a run play because you've got to have so many of those pieces and parts working together in order to be able to execute. And so, you know, when, you, when you've got a guy who's putting up a bunch of stats as a play caller, who's a coordinator, that's, that's a little more, I, I guess, relying on who's your quarterback, who's the guy he's throwing to, you know, maybe some other things with your offensive line. But, you know, as, as you can see, there's times, for example, watching last night's game with Patrick Mahomes and the way he moves around and scrambles around, you don't even always have to have the best protection sometimes. <laughs> and you could still have a quarterback and a wide receiver to just make a play. But when you have an offense that can run the football the way the 49ers can, it is lethal because it doesn't matter who you are, where you play, uh, what, what you're going up against on the, on the other side of the field. They find ways of getting production and controlling the game. That, that's what this 49ers team is. They're control freaks. And when they control the game, they, they're going to win. More often than not, they're going to win. And what I love is the creativity of Kyle Shanahan. It's one of the reasons why I keep trying to tell people, look, man, he's one of the best play callers in the league. You remember earlier this season, what were they, four and five at one point? Yeah. People were calling for his job. Go back and watch the tape. Look at the stuff he does. Look at the fact on a, you know, (laughs) at one point in the game, He's got maybe the best left tackle in the league in Trent Williams. And he's using Off the him ball. differently. He's yes. motioning him. And, and here's the logic behind this, all right? Let me set up the play. He's off the ball as a tight end. He motions across the formation to help ben, then help basically lead block, which turned Obliterates. into him cleaning up the front side, then climbing <laughs> to the second Obliterated level. Him. But this is the brilliance of, that, of using him in that spot where he did. Much like you'd use Debo Samuel at wide receiver, at running back, in different ways to help get your best player the football, right? He's using his, one of his best players in a different way. Yeah. And, and he's doing it in a manner where you don't need him on the backside of that play at left tackle. It's an outside zone runaway. That you could put in a backup and have him still be able to cut off the backside and do a good enough job. What you need is to be able to make sure that no one penetrates the front side. And so you have Trent Williams then motioning all big 320 pounds of him Crazy. to then clean it up and climb the second level, and there you see the gain. It's those sorts of things that you don't see every team in the NFL doing every week. 
It's just unique, it's different, and it's a reason why when it becomes crunch time, he finds a way of putting the ball in Debo Samuel's hands. He finds a way of making sure George Kittle runs a route concept that's going to get him isolated one-on-one, and he's going to have leverage, and he gets open for a big play. Like, that's what this team was built upon, and, and it comes from Kyle Shanahan, and it comes from Mike McDaniel, and it comes from the, this, this coaching staff, and I don't think anyone's given enough credit right now. And it makes, it makes guys want to do it even more. When you're on a team like that, when you have a coach that's as creative as that, it keeps things interesting because – Man, football can get monotonous, bro. You do the same exact stuff every week, week in and week out, practices, week in and week out. It's the same stuff. I see, if I'm in practice and I see them using Trent like that in practice, I'm like, dog, look at what they're doing now. <laughs> look at what they're doing. Are you serious? Like, uh, to me, it just creates such an excitement with the players. And, and the most important part of it is it creates a belief. Like, it's one thing to, to dial up these plays. But, Bray, you and I know you can have somebody who is brilliant in their play calling and the execution of it just doesn't happen. It's, it's always got to be the players that make it work. And this San Francisco team is making these plays work. And and to me, that's – they are as dangerous a team in the playoffs right now as, as any, if if you ask me. And, and the way their defensive front uh, has been playing, um, Arm, uh, Eric, Eric Armstead, Armstead has yeah. been – I mean – He's he's playing on a whole nother level. He's playing out of his mind. Bosa and, was awesome too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Bosa. I, uh, again, I go. It goes without saying that if, if Bosa is able to go, he's going to do well. And I was concerned if he would be effective coming off of getting hit in the head the way that he did his neck, maybe. But as long as that defensive front can do what they do, and they have linebackers that can actually do what they do, like it, it just. I think they were, They might. I don't know, cause cause the Rams look mighty dominant too. Okay. I, I, I don't let, know. Let's let, let's go that direction, cause I want to ask Jonas this question: Who's who's feeling more pressure right now, the 49ers or the Rams? All the Rams, not even close. Because because the 49ers are kind of playing with house money right now. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Nobody, I mean, th- nobody thought they were going to be. Nobody here. thought they'd look, be it. They, right they here. weren't. They yeah. weren't in the playoffs. A, a month ago, they had to win to actually get in the playoffs. And who'd they beat in the final game of the season? Like, they beat the Rams. Like they, they had to win. Yeah, yeah. And, and and look for all this conversation. And they can beat the Rams. That's the thing about it. Yeah, they well, yeah, won six they straight have. six they straight can times. Beat the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can. They have. Yeah, I, <laughs> yes. I just. I, yes. I, I, well, yeah. I, I mean, I look at it and I go, "You can football's got all different varieties, but it seems like everything's a pass happy league, pass happy league." And then they roll out that, and and Brady was telling me, like, like you don't you don't understand the Trent Williams play design, what he's doing, because. You guys get it. You guys played. You understand the X's and O's. Brady, you, you watch this tape. You go over this stuff. You've been around it for years and years. But I don't think that people actually have an understanding or a grasp as to what Kyle Shanahan does. I remember David Anderson, uh, former NFL wide receiver, he played with, under Shanahan in Washington. And I remember asking him one time, so what, what, like, what does Shanahan do? He goes, I don't know. He goes, there's just times where all of a sudden I'm wide open and nobody's around. And I'm like, how'd that happen? It's just, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I don't get it. He's like, there's nobody around me. And I'm looking around going, 
what? It's like a magic trick. And I don't think that people understand because everybody gets so fixated on, well, Jimmy Garoppolo and they need to upgrade at quarterback and they need to do this. Whatever they're doing, whether it's in spite of Garoppolo, this team's a game away from going to the Super Bowl. And nobody was saying that a month ago when they when it was a long shot that they were even going to make the playoffs. Do you remember the movie Finding Bobby Fisher? Absolutely. Remember that yes. movie? Yep. Yeah. Game. I mean, that's Just who Kyle Shanahan is, right? Like, he, he grew up a coach's son. He grew up in it drawing cards and, and, and looking at it from the defensive standpoint of, hey, you get this personnel, this formation, this movement, this shift. How are they going to adjust? Where are they going to be? How are they going to play this? So he knows how to anticipate every single move of the teams he's going up against. And I, I, I don't even know if this is – because eventually, like, it – you know, it can't keep going on this stretch where Shanahan keeps beating up on McVeigh. Like, it, it can't keep going on this path. Eventually, it's going to revert to the mean. And I do feel like the Rams, who've got a bunch of guys, you know, I, I had a buddy tell me that they, I think they're a bunch of front runners when things are going well. They step up to the plate, they step up to the challenge. Okay, if you want to call them that, so be it. But they're talented and they're going to win a lot of one on one matchups. And it's really for Kyle Shanahan to not put his team in a position where they have to deal with a lot of those one-on-one matchups with an Aaron Donald or a Jalen Ramsey or uh, Von Miller who's playing out of his mind lately um, or any other player you want to put in that position. But the point I'm, I'm trying to make is it's, it, this has been building up for years. Like he's that brilliant kid who turned into this coach now that I think does as good of a job as anyone in the league, even though he doesn't get as much credit for it because it doesn't come with the razzle-dazzle of a Patrick Mahomes or the jaw-dropping throws of Josh Allen. It comes in the form of a wide receiver playing running back, right? <laughs> I or, love it, or, or a left tackle playing tight end <laughs> off the ball. It, it comes with a fullback leading up and obliterating a safety. Like It, it comes in a different form, but it's still brilliant. And it's, it's still like that finding Bobby Fischer of – he has been groomed for this moment for such a long period of time. Uh, I, I, do, I do wonder if eventually, though, eventually McVay gets the best of him, and, and this maybe is that moment coming up this weekend. It definitely makes sense to think that this could be it because the way that defense is playing for the Rams is scary. Well, first it's, half. It's, pre- it's pretty scary the, half. the way that they're playing, man. I mean, just, just up front, I mean, Aaron Donald alone, you got to keep in mind this time last year, the, the only reason why Aaron Donald wasn't going or the, the Rams weren't going into the next round of the playoffs is because his ribs, the yeah. rib injury, yep. you know, they're, they are, they're stacked on defense. And I, I needless to say, and I think that they're confident on offense. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be another amazing weekend of football because I'll tell you what that is going to be one hell of a game yep. to watch regardless of what the previous prior records have been that game is going to be a slugfest and, and the other one's going to be a slugfest as well I mean they got it right the football gods are up there working man they're sitting there laughing and, and joking and hollering getting their popcorn ready because they got this one right man this is as good a slate of games as you're going to see yeah it's going to be a lot of fun